0: This is Luther's sermon on the second Sunday in Lent, Reminiscari, recorded in the church postal. The text is Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. And Jesus went out thence, and withdrew into the parts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanitish woman came out from those borders, and cried, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou Son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a demon. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent unto the, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. But she said, Yea, Lord, for even the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it done unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was healed from that hour. Luther's Sermon This gospel presents to us a true example of firm and perfect faith. For this woman endures and overcomes in three great and hard battles, and teaches us in a beautiful manner the true way and virtue of faith, namely, that it is a hearty trust in the grace and goodness of God, as experienced and revealed through His Word. For St. Mark says, She heard some news about Jesus. Mark 7, verse 25. What kind of news? Without doubt, good news and the good report that Christ was a pious man and cheerfully helped everybody. Such news about God is a true gospel and a word of grace out of which sprang the faith of this woman, for had she not believed, she would not have thus run after Christ, etc. In like manner, we have often heard how St. Paul in Romans 10, verse 17 says that faith cometh by hearing, that the word must go in advance and be the beginning of our salvation. But how is it that many more have heard this good news concerning Christ who have not followed him? and did not esteem it as good news. Answer? The physician is helpful and welcome to the sick, and the healthy have no use for him. But this woman felt her need. Hence she followed the sweet scent, as is written in the Song of Solomon 1 verse 3. In like manner Moses must proceed and teach people to feel their sins in order that grace may be sweet and welcome to them. Therefore, all is in vain, however friendly and lovely Christ may be pictured. If man is not first humbled by a knowledge of himself, and he possesses no longing for Christ, as Mary's song says, the hungry he hath filled with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. Luke 1, verse 53. All this is spoken and written for the comfort of the distressed, the poor, the needy, the sinful, the despised so that they may know in all times of need to whom to flee and where to seek comfort and help. But see in this example how Christ, like a hunter, exercises and chases faith in his followers in order that it may become strong and firm. First, when the woman follows him upon hearing of his fame and cries with assured confidence that he would, according to his reputation, deal mercifully with her, Christ certainly acts differently. As if to let her faith and good confidence be in vain, and turn his good reputation into a lie, so that she could have thought, Is this the gracious, friendly man? Or are these good words that I have heard spoken about him, upon which I have depended? It must not be true. He is my enemy, and will not receive me. Nevertheless, he might speak a word, and tell me that he will have nothing to do with me. Now he is as silent as a stone. Behold, this is a very hard rebuff." when God appears so earnest and angry and conceals his grace so high and deep as those know so well who feel and experience it in their hearts. Therefore she imagines that he will not fulfill what he has spoken and will let his word be false, as it happened to the children of Israel at the Red Sea and to many other saints. Now what does the poor woman do? She turns her eyes From all this unfriendly treatment of Christ, all this does not lead her astray, neither does she take it to heart, but she continues immediately and firmly to cling in her confidence to the good news she had heard and embraced concerning him, and never gives up. We must also do the same and learn firmly to cling to the word, even though God with all his creatures appears different than his word teaches. But oh how painful it is! to nature and reason, that this woman should strip herself of self and forsake all that she experienced and cling alone to God's bare word until she experienced the contrary. May God help us in time of need and of death to possess like courage and faith. Second, since her cry and faith avail nothing, the disciples approach with their faith and pray for her and imagine they will surely be heard. But while they thought he should be more tender hearted, he became only the more indifferent, as we see and think; for now he is silent no more, nor leaves them in doubt, he declines their prayer, and says, "I was not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." This rebuff is still harder, since not only our own person is rejected, but the only comfort that remains to us, namely, the comfort and prayers of pious and holy persons, are rejected. For our last resort when we feel that God is ungracious or we are in need is that we go to pious spiritual persons and there seek counsel and help and they are willing to help as love demands. And yet, that may amount to nothing, even they may not be heard and our condition becomes only worse. Here one might upbraid Christ with all the words in which he promised to hear his saints. As Matthew 18 verse 19 says, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them. Likewise, Mark 11, verse 24, All things whatsoever ye pray and ask for, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And many more like passages. What becomes of such promises in this woman's case? Christ, however, promptly answers and says, Yes, it is true, I hear all prayers, but I gave these promises only to the house of Israel. What do you think? Is not that a thunderbolt that dashes both heart and faith into a thousand pieces when one feels that God's word upon which one's trusts was not spoken for him but applies only to others? Here all saints and prayers must be speechless. Yea, here the heart must let go of the word to which it would gladly hold if it would consult its own feelings. But what does this poor woman do? She does not give up. She clings to the Word, although it's been torn out of her by her heart by force, is not turned away by this stern answer, still firmly believes his goodness is yet concealed in that answer, and still she will not pass judgment that Christ is or may be ungracious that is persevering steadfastness, thirdly, she follows Christ into the house as mark seven twenty four and twenty five informs us, perseveres, falls down at his feet, and says. Lord, help me. There she received her last mortal blow, in that Christ said in her face, as the words tell, that she was a dog, and not worthy to partake of the children's bread. What will she say to this? Here he presents her in a bad light. She is condemned an outcast person who is not to be reckoned among God's chosen ones. That is an eternally unanswerable reply, to which no one can give a satisfactory answer. Yet she does not despair, but agrees with his judgment, and concedes she is a dog, and desires also no more than a dog is entitled to, namely that she may eat the crumbs that fall from the table of the Lord. Is not that a masterly stroke as a reply? She catches Christ with his own words. He compares her to a dog. She concedes it and asks nothing more than that he let her be a dog, as he himself judged her to be. Where will now Christ take refuge? He is caught. Truly, people let the dog have the crumbs under the table. It is entitled to that. Therefore Christ now completely opens his heart to her and yields to her will, so that now she is no dog but even a child of Israel. All this, however, is written for our comfort and instruction, that we may know how deeply God conceals his grace before our face, and that we may not estimate him according to our feelings and thinking, but strictly according to his word. For here you see, though Christ appears to be even hard-hearted, yet he gives no final decision by saying no. All his answers indeed sound like no, but they are not no. They remain undecided and pending. For he does not say, I will not hear thee, but is silent and passive, and neither says yes or no. In like manner he does not say that she is not of the house of Israel, but he has sent only to the house of Israel. He leaves it undecided and pending between yes and no. So he does not say, Thou art a dog, one should not give to thee of the children's bread, but it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs, leaving it undecided whether she is a dog or not. Yet all those trials of her faith sounded more like no than yes but there was more yea in them than nay. Aye, there was only yes in them, but it is very deep and very concealed, while there appears to be nothing but no. By this is set forth the condition of our heart in times of temptation. Christ here represents how it feels. It thinks that there is nothing but no, and yet that is not true therefore it must turn from this feeling and lay hold of and retain the deep spiritual yes under and above the no with a faith with a firm faith in god's word as this poor woman does and say god is right in his judgment which he visits upon us then we have triumphed and caught christ in his own words As, for example, when we feel in our conscience that God rebukes us as sinners and judges us unworthily of the kingdom of heaven, then we experience hell and we think we are lost forever. Now, whoever understands here the actions of this poor woman and catches God in his own judgment and says, Lord, it's true, I'm a sinner and not worthy of thy grace, but still thou hast promised sinners forgiveness, and thou art not come to call the righteous, but as St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, to save sinners... Behold, then must God, according to his own judgment, have mercy upon us. King Manasseh did likewise in his penitence, as his prayer proves. He conceded that God was right in his judgment, and accused himself as a great sinner, and yet he laid hold of the promised forgiveness of sins. David also does likewise in Psalm 51, verse 4, and says, Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done that which is evil in thy sight, that thou mayest Be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. For God's disfavor in every way visits us when we cannot agree with his judgment, nor say yea and amen when he considers and judges us to be sinners. If the condemned could do this, they would that very moment be saved. We say indeed with our mouth that we are sinners, but when God himself says it in our hearts, then we are not sinners, and eagerly wish to be considered pious and free from that judgment. But it must be so. If God is to be righteous in his words that teach you are a sinner, then you may claim the rights of all sinners that God has given them, namely, the forgiveness of sins. Then you eat not only the crumbs under the table as the little dogs do, but you are also a child and have God as your portion according to the pleasure of your will. This is the spiritual meaning of our gospel and the scriptural explanation of it. For what this poor woman experienced in the bodily affliction of her daughter, whom she miraculously caused to be restored to health again by her faith, that we also experience when we wish to be healed of our sins and of our spiritual diseases, which is truly a wicked devil possessing us. Here she must become a dog and we become sinners and brands of hell, and then we have already recovered from our sickness and are saved." whatever more there is in this gospel worthy of notice, as that one can obtain grace and help through the faith of another without his own personal faith, as took place here in the daughter of this poor woman, has been sufficiently treated elsewhere. Furthermore, that Christ and his disciples, along with the woman in this gospel, exhibit to us an example of love, in that no one acts, prays, and cares for himself but for each other, is also clear enough and worthy of consideration. Amen. Here ends Luther's sermon from the Church Postal on Rimeniskeri, the second Sunday in the season of Lent.